Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, whew, testing. Yes, that's us. Hi. Uh, oh, they're all at it again. It's back on TV. Closing arguments underway uh, in the Murtoff trial. Murtoff, Murdoch, what is his name? M-U-D, M-U-R-D, first, first name of the accused murderer, the last Murd, Murd, ow, A-U-G-H, Murd. Is he a murderer? Did he murder somebody? I actually don't know. Um, I, uh, I thought he did a very good job last week. On the witness stand. He confused the hell out of me. I don't know what's going on. Paw, paw, Bubba the dog. Um, and the uh, good old boys down there, I just don't think they have the case against him. We'll see what happens. It shouldn't matter as much as it apparently does. All the networks, again, uh, just going totally crazy with this. Uh, did you see or hear anything about Christopher Ray, the FBI director, sitting down with... Um, Fox News. Oh, yeah. Fox News. It gives you the veneer of a tough interview, but it's not really a tough interview. Fox News. All right. Oh, boy. January 6th. Oh, the clear and present danger and all that stuff. They were right there with the fake news, pumping it up, making it seem worse than it actually was. Uh, there's that. There's also Brett Baer falling in love with Cassidy Hutchinson. Um, what else did they do? Oh, called Arizona for Biden, like the moment the polls closed, remember that stunt and um, possibly just re-engineered all of history for the worse. We got Joe Biden now and Fox News had a pretty big role in that. Um, I would give the interview a C plus. Look, I got some beef with these people a little bit. Uh, but Christopher Ray, you know, he's the director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. You got to remember the bureau part, bureau. And he's a bureaucrat, right? And what does, uh, he really puts the rat in bureaucrat. I just realized the word rat is right there in bureaucrat. And these guys are the absolute worst. Once again, he would not say anything about whether or not there were undercover informants, uh, confidential informants there on January 6th. It never occurred to me that there may have been uh, uh, confidential informants inside the Capitol dressed as Trump supporters. It never occurred to me until Congressman Higgins asked him that question, and Christopher Ray refused to answer. He refuses to answer. And last night, it wasn't as dramatic, but he refuses to say whether or not there were FBI agents in that crowd. Why the hell not? It's not classified. Why wouldn't you say that? Um, it's going to jeopardize the investigation or future investigations. No, it's not. I found a bunch of uh, CBS news news specials where you they feature FBI agents who are undercover. They talk all about the case. I got a million press conferences I'm going to show tonight. You know, Comey and the rest coming out and they thank their undercover agents for closing the case, for making it happen. But they won't tell us about January 6th because I do believe they had a big hand in engineering the whole damn thing. Oh, goodness gracious. Russia collusion. 
They worked so aggressively on Russia collusion, but everything else they let slip. Everything else they let slip. Did you see my show last night? I actually, and I didn't know this until recently, but they let slip the first World Trade Center bombing in 1993. The FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Federal Bureaucrats Incorporated, blew it when it came to that investigation. Now, I know it feels even foreign to me at times, to criticize the FBI. We grew up with the FBI. They're the good guys. Of course they are. Who doesn't like the FBI? You got to love the FBI. Um, But then when you really think about it, number one, it's the federal government, the federal and bureau, bureaucrat, bureaucracy. Who the hell likes federal bureaucracies? I don't. I I, I don't. Some of them are necessary. We've gone totally out of control, nut job, crazy. None of this stuff is in the Constitution. You need some some government, but this stuff, it's crazy. It's totally out of control. These FBI agents, I am convinced, they think they think we work for them. They think they're in charge. This is fascism. This is authoritarianism. You know what the first thing they got to do is take that FBI headquarters and put it out in the woods somewhere. They have a complex on Pennsylvania Avenue, halfway between the Capitol and the White House. They think they're a branch of government. I am firmly convinced, and I'll give Brett Baer credit for this. He said, you know, the FBI's reputation right now, public opinion polls, is in the dirt. It's just terrible. And he says, well, the people we work for and with, uh, they, they, they approve of us. So that's that. I take solace in that. I thought you – <laughs> wait, what? what the, who do you work for? I thought you work for the American people. He gets told that the American people are fed up with them. And he says, yeah, but the people we work for like us. Democrats? Rhino Republicans? Huh? They like you because you've been doing their bidding. (laughs) It's it's incredible. It's in plain sight. I think they overprepared this guy. And, And he has been doing and spinning for so long. He thinks anything that comes out of his mouth is spin. But there were some, he was spinning so much, he got dizzy. And some of the truth came out. He's <laughs> spinning around in circles. It's pretty fascinating. What do we have here? No, this is all the uh, uh, the lab leak. Uh, I don't care what he has to say about this. FBI during China has been trying to thwart efforts to finding out more. No, we don't care about any of that stuff. Sorry. I'll get back to you uh, with more. And um, uh, what else? Never, never forget how Joe Biden introduced himself to the American people. Every time you hear a... a chime a little ring is a joe biden lie i think there are about 10 of them in 45 seconds cut 15 this is 1987 a full-grown joe biden u.s senator running for president some nerve and uh, he's got a big smile on his face when he's lying his ass off excuse me cut 15 what law school did you attend and where did you place in that class and the other question oh, is yes. could you quickly i i think we i, I think i probably have a much higher iq than you do i suspect <laughs> i went to law school on a full academic scholarship the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship in the first year in law school i decided i didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided i wanted to stay went back to law school and in fact ended up in the top half of my class I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. 
We counted that last one as a lie, too. And when he said three degrees, you heard the bell go off three times. Okay, all of that's untrue. How is it this decrepit liar is the president of the United States? Well, in part because he is a decrepit liar. So he can be used. By he can be used used by the forces of darkness. There was a little bit of a, a bright ray of light yesterday. The Supreme Court. The Supreme you know, we have a great system, the Supreme Court. That is in the Constitution. And they said this uh this give back all the forgive all the loans. There's no way in hell Joe Biden has that responsibility has that authority. He doesn't. He can't do that. Only an authoritarian weirdo would think that he has that authority or uh, somebody who just thinks he's got the system so rigged that he can pull it off or it was just a campaign stunt, whatever it was. And I'll never forget when they started asking questions, do you have the authority to do this? And he, he turned and he looked so mean and so bitter. And he said, do they have the authority to make billions and billions and billions of dollars? He really has a, a resentment of anybody who has more money than he does. He's got serious money now. But when you start comparing yourselves, if when you got a when you got 50 million dollars in the bank and you compare yourself to a billion a billionaire, that 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 really rubs you the wrong way. You know, there's such a thing. What did they say in Wall Street? Oh, Wall Street. I played a clip from Wall Street last night. Bud Fox when he starts the insider training and he says to Gordon Gecko, I never realized how poor I was until I started making a little bit of money. <laughs> he starts making money, and then he realized that he starts comparing himself to all these guys. Uh, let's see. Oh, and just remember this. Um, back then, the media, they were not afraid of Joe Biden. Uh, they would actually walk up to him and, 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 and say things like this to him. Cut 16. Yeah. Cut 16, if you don't mind. Do you feel you're able to control, to put in the vernacular of your mouth, that you can think before you talk? Well, I've been in this business for 15 years. Um, and uh, I, uh, um, I let my record of 15 years versus the transgression that you're referring to uh, stand. And you, can make, you all can make that judgment. I feel very capable of uh, using my mouth in sync with my mind. You see the first part? First of all, great question from the guy. Can you control your mouth? But what does he t- uh, how does he characterize his job? One more time. Just want to play the first part. One more time on that one, okay? You feel you're able to control, to put in the vernacular of your mouth, that you can think before you talk? Well, I've been in this business for 15 years. Stop. He calls it a business. He's a United States senator from uh, Nowheresville, Delaware. Supposed to be public service, I thought. He calls it a business. That. That. Tells you a lot. Tells you a lot. Now he's in the perfect spot, right? He's a uh, a liar. He wants power. He wants status. He wants uh, prestige. And um, he's presiding over a corrupt system, dominated by liars. The after-action report came out about Afghanistan, how badly we screwed up that thing. Really, really bad. A little, no one's going to read the report, unfortunately. I am going through it. There are some beautiful gems in there. But it's limited because guess what? The the inspector general who wants to know, hey, we screwed up really bad in Afghanistan. What happened? He works for the federal government. Guess who won't talk to him? The State Department and the Pentagon. (laughs) They don't want to talk to the guy who's charged with writing the after-action report. So this guy's on his own. And, you know, one of the things he, he says right off the bat 
we had no business trying to train Afghanis to uh, start up their own military and security service. They are way different from us. Um, and we, the American military, we don't have the doctrine, we don't have the training, we don't have the resources to make people who are nothing like us, our system, nothing. We can't turn them into us. And they knew that all the way back in 2003. But they kept pretending that somehow this was working out. Admiral after general after admiral, general, general, more generals than admirals, but a couple of admirals too, just went up there on Capitol Hill and told they were in the habit of telling the political masters what they wanted to hear. And the political masters for the military, that's the executive branch. And George W. Bush, believe me, he wanted to, he wanted to hear that we were winning. And Barack Obama, too. And it went on and on and on like this. Cut 17, please. Cut 17. They showed me the positive changes they have helped bring about, the villages they can now enter, the, the Afghan police and forces they are training and trying to improve. I think uh, that the development of the Afghan army is on a very good path right now. We, we've made tremendous strides, incredible progress in the last 20 months. The solid partnership has been the thing that has been really striking for me all around the country. It's fair to ask if we're winning in Afghanistan. I believe the answer is yes, and several facts allow me to say that with confidence. And we've seen some great, great uh, progress in some of the operations based even at the tactical level on the intelligence uh, structure. All right, so um, they're all spinning. Some of them are outright lying, by the way. It's amazing what happens if you stay in the military too long. Might be something in the water. Literally, there's stuff in the water, by the way, in the military. Camp Lejeune, everybody. Um, I drank some of that water, too. When I was a kid. Yeah, I'm worried about it. I got to follow up with that Camp Lejeune water situation. It takes a very special person to join the military. And we've got some great young soldiers and sailors and airmen. But if you stay in a little bit too long, and if you get in there, I want to be a general someday. Well, it takes a certain type to be a general. You've seen them. You've seen them in your life. All right. They exist in the corporate world as well. The kiss butt crew. And you can do very well with that. Very, very well. Um, the business might go to hell, okay, but you're going to come out looking fine for the most part. I have never been able to play that game personally. I wish I could. No, I don't. No, no. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why you don't want to ever be a yes man. All right. Because people ultimately can die. Uh, you don't know when you're going to be called upon to say, sorry, this doesn't, this is not going to stand. And a lot of people, a lot of people did not say things in meetings who should have been saying stuff. And it led to the war in Iraq. Somebody needed to stand up, but you know what? Nope, the boss wants this. Dick Cheney wants this. We're just going to go along with it. We're just going to go along with it. Hey, by the way, what are the generals like now? You heard all those generals. Who do we have now? Who do we have now? Cut 18, please. I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. You know, there's a guy from um, uh, the, 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 the Justice Incident. What's that, what's that institute called? Uh, Judicial Watch. They want Millie court-martialed, and they, they're making a brilliant case to court-martial General Milley. It's uh, definitely one to watch. Hey, Lori Lightfoot lost in Chicago. Hallelujah, huh? Maybe the woke crew is kind of getting nervous, kind of realizing that people don't like chaos and crime. Give me a moment, please. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. 
Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, did you see Ted? I'm sorry, no. Um, Governor DeSantis has his book out now, and you can go get it at the bookstore. That's great. And he was signing books somewhere in Florida at a big Books a Million store, and they wouldn't let people wearing Trump shirts show up, and they had the cops there. I mean, like, uh, oh, they're going to troll. They're going to uh, they're going to be disruptive. You can't make that call based on what somebody is wearing. And by the way, just because you're for Trump doesn't mean you're against DeSantis. Actually, DeSantis is not running for president at this point. What's the big deal? What is the big deal? I'll tell you what. DeSantis has a hell of a lot of growing up to do. A hell of a lot of growing up to do. And here's something I have noticed. His uh, security entourage is like. 10 times bigger than the president's, all right? It's totally, totally ludicrous. Um, It's over the top. And this is a classic mistake of somebody immature, uh, new to the national scene. Oh, my goodness gracious. Look at all this power. Look at Pete Buttigieg. He's making the same stupid mistake. Flying on airplanes, government airplanes all the time, uh, when he should be flying coach, quite frankly, to see how the airlines are doing. You know, he's in big trouble for that. Uh, more on him in a moment. But DeSantis, yeah, I am. Uh, I had a feeling. I had a feeling about him. Ten years? Sure. Right now? No. Mm-mm. He's not. Uh, and he, I don't think he's had en- t- enough time to catch his breath, to catch up with all this stuff. Um, but the amount of security he has, and not just the amount. of These guys, I get it. They need security. But. They act like they're the Secret Service, right? You know, big elbows. And they wouldn't let them into the bookstore, not even near the bookstore. You're a Trump supporter. Hey, there are people who can like both. Although I was watching, apparently, um, uh, DeSantis is doing not so hot in the GOP polls. He's 30 points behind Trump. 30 points. Hey, when we come back, uh, what's his name? Ted Cruz just hammered the hell out of Attorney General Garland. It was a beautiful thing to watch. It just happened. Uh, I'll play it for you when we come back. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Greg Kelly. Entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. It would be great, great if, uh, well, a lot of things, if a lot of things were different. But Merrick Garland, I kind of prefer him on the Supreme Court occupying one of those liberal chairs than I do as attorney general. He has no business being the attorney general. Just, by the way, forget about the politics. He doesn't have the, uh, 
He doesn't have the oomph. He doesn't have the presence. He doesn't have the uh, he doesn't have the masculinity for that job. All right. Even if you're a woman, you need a little bit of masculinity when you're running a big organization like that. He doesn't have it. He's a wimp. He's a wimp. And um, let's see. Ted Cruz went after him. You know, just to set this up once again, what is the one of the worst things he did was call in all the U.S. attorneys and tell the FBI to look into the school boards. You know, those meetings were getting rather heated because guess what? We don't want uh, our children being harmed by transgenders, right? We don't want that. We also don't want uh, substitute teachers talking about sex with uh, second graders and not telling the parents. There are a lot of things that we are troubled by in the schools right now. And that's okay. That doesn't make us terrorists. All right. So this just happened. Uh, This is uh, Senator Cruz and Attorney General Garland. Go ahead. And the Department of Justice under this president was perfectly happy to refuse to enforce the law and allow threats of violence. And as you know, those threats finally materialized with Nicholas Roski, a 26-year-old man from California who traveled across the country, was arrested outside the home of Justice Kavanaugh, armed with a handgun, a knife, and burglary tools. And he said he came there to kill Justice Kavanaugh because he was enraged by the leaked opinion. Now, of course, you're prosecuting that individual for attempted murder. But did you bring even a single case to enforce this law? Or did the Department of Justice decide this law doesn't apply if it's harassing justices for an opinion we don't like? When the Dobbs uh, draft was leaked, I did something no attorney general in the history of the department had ever done before. For the first time in history, I ordered United States Marshals 24-7 to defend every uh, residence of every justice. Well, Garland, as a judge, you're familiar with asking counsel I'm to answer an- a question. I am answering. Has the Department of Justice enforced this statute? Have you brought a single case against any of these protesters threatening the judgment? Justices under 18 U.S.C. Section 1507. You brought even one. Senator, you asked me whether I sat on my hands and quite the opposite. I sent okay, 70 United States Marshals. Let me try again. To defa- and Have me- you, has the Department of Justice brought even a single case under this statute? It's a yes, no question. It's not a give a speech on the other things you did. The job of the United States Marshals is to defend the lives. So of the, the answer ju- is no. Is to defend the lives of the justices, and that's their number one priority. They have. Why full- are you unwilling to say no? The answer is no. You know it's no. I know it's no. Everyone in this in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. Have you brought a case under this statute? Yes or no? As far as I know, we haven't. And what we have done is defended the lives of the justices with so over how do seventy you decide, U.S. Marshals. How do you decide which criminal statutes the the DOJ enforces and which one it doesn't? The United States Marshals. Know that they have full. Okay, you, I recognize you want to give a separate speech. No, I don't want to. How give a... do you? De- wow, good for him because what he's getting at there—that statute—they're not enforcing it. It's actually against the law to protest and parade in front of a uh, the home of a justice. It actually is. You can go down the block and they can set that up for you. All right, but you can't be right there in front of the guy's house. It's a law. It's a law. The idea is that. The protesters would be trying to influence the way the justice rules, the way the justice decides. We have a law against that. You don't want these people out there doing that because it could impact their vote, their judgment. So we protect them. We protect them by you can't. Freedom of speech is great, but you can't actually be yelling and screaming and protesting in front of the home of a judge. 
a federal judge and a Supreme Court justice is a federal judge. They're protected by this. They did not prosecute not one case. Huh? How about that? Why not? Why not? Maybe, just maybe, just maybe, just maybe somebody, somebody in the federal government wanted something bad to happen to one of these justices. Now, he pointed out that the marshals were 24-7. Now, what does that actually look like? That sounds really great. Wow, 24-7. So, let's see. That's 70. What's 12 into 70? One, five, five and a half. All right, it's five and a half, right? Uh all right, so each justice got five. Let's let's give it a each justice gets six guards. Each justice gets six guards. There are twenty-four hours in the day. You can't have six guys working twenty-four hours, right? So you got to divide. So two. You got two per shift, two per eight hour shift. What do you think happens at three in the morning when you're sitting outside of a justice's home? What do you think happens? You're on some residential street. You know what happens? You fall asleep. You go to bed. Vigilant, alert. Yeah, right. Mm, yeah. Theoretically, ideally, those guys fell asleep. Nobody actually ever figured that out yet. The federal marshals fell asleep in front of Kavanaugh's house. You know how they got the uh, wannabe killer? You know how they actually apprehended him? Because he... The the wannabe killer was a nut job, <laughs> and called nine one one himself. He called nine one one himself. He he told on himself. The marshals were just sitting there. So wow, that sounds really. Bad. I ordered seventy federal marshals to provide twenty four seven. You know, in that situation, it's never happened before. I actually, I never did the math on that. That's kind of interesting, right? 12, let me just double check. Twelve times. Six, six times twelve, six one. Yeah, seventy-two. All right, it's even less than six, less than six. How about that? All right, hey, are we ready with the uh, the Christopher Ray stuff? Yeah. All right. So here's Christopher Ray right off the bat. This is the FBI director. Very interesting. Brett Bear asked him. You know, the FBI is very unpopular with the American people. Um, what do you make of that? And his answer, <laughs> he thinks he's being clever. He thinks he's being cute. He thinks he's fooling anybody. Listen to this. Polls show that the FBI's reputation is at a real record low. What do you make of that? Well, look, there are all sorts of opinions out there about the FBI, just like there are about every major institution these days. I can tell you that we're focused on the opinions of the people we actually do the work for and the people we do the work with. And I look at things Hold like, Hold on a second. Example, I thought that was the American people. <laughs> That's the whole problem. You do the work for Democrats. You do the work for the swamp. You do the work for the bureaucracy. You work with the bureaucracy to hassle people who believe in pro-life. You hassle who believe in Trump. You hassle us. Those who want to say what they think on social media. You've been hassling us. You've been working. The people who want that, they like you. But we don't, the American people. Give me a little bit more of that. People are recruiting. The thousands and thousands of Americans all across this country who are signing up in droves to come work for the FBI. Uh, and we're, I should tell you, Brett, on that front, a lot of people don't know this, 
that number has gone up dramatically over the last few years since I've been in this That's seat. really interesting. And yeah, that is interesting. Who the hell is signing up for the FBI right now? What kind of nincompoops are signing up for this? You see this? <laughs> they're involved in on the wrong side of every controversy. They are missing every big case. They're always two steps behind. The best and the brightest want to join the FBI. You know, it's just like policing. And nobody wants to be a cop anymore. They're having a very, very hard time recruiting. What is he talking about? Who are these people? I mean, people who want to influence elections, people who want to sabotage presidencies, people who think they're more important than the people, people who want to work for an institution that thinks it's on par, if not uh, uh, superior to the White House, the Congress. Who are these people? All right. And uh, let's see. Here he is being very, very lawyerly. Um, you know about the anti-abortion activist. He was on my show the other night. Greg, you don't have that one yet? Okay, what about... All right, all right. we'll get to that guy. He's fantastic, by the way, Mr. Hauk. Uh, he's a pro-life, you know, activist. And he shows up at abortion clinics from time to time, and he hands out Christian literature, which is his constitutional right. And he was there with his son, and there was some sort of altercation with one of the pro-choice activists, one of the pro-abortion activists. According to Mr. Hauk, this guy was harassing his son, his own son. And you know what happened? There was a push. There was a little bit of a pushing match. And Mr. Hauk pushed somebody. Pushed him. Just pushed him. Not exactly nice, but not, a, not exactly a federal case, is it? Somebody gets pushed. Well, guess who showed up at his door? The FBI SWAT team. The FBI SWAT team shows up. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. Hammering on his door at five in the morning. Drag- he was found not guilty, oh, by the way, uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, the FBI dispatching a SWAT team. So his answer on this is pretty interesting. It's very, very bureaucratic. Just like his defense of the... The big tech situation, you know, the FBI was embedded with big tech. Special Agent Elvis Chan was talking to all the big tech companies and prepping the stage for that Hunter Biden laptop, which the FBI knew about because they had it prepping the stage. Oh, anything bad about Biden has got to be Russia disinformation and keep it off your platforms. Listen to the lawyerly little pipsqueak. The bureaucrat. He puts the rat in bureaucrat. Give me Christopher Ray and Brett Baer on the big tech thing, please. And what you told big tech or some agents did about the authenticity and providence of Hunter Biden's laptop. What about that from an FBI perspective? The FBI does not, is not in the business of functioning as the truth police. Understood. So we don't tell social media companies to censor anything. Well, or the Twitter file suggests something different. I mean, there was an FBI request numerous times. Um, Taibbi puts it out, FBI San Francisco request to ban certain accounts. Uh, Twitter personnel in this case went on to look for reasons to suspend all four accounts that the FBI wanted to ban or, or suspend. Um, was Is it appropriate to flag social media accounts for on Twitter or elsewhere due to politics or uh, government policies when it comes to COVID? Uh, is it appropriate in any way? You're saying it doesn't happen, but there's evidence that it had. We don't tell social media companies 
to ban accounts. But you suggest. Well, what we do is tell social media companies about information that we have about foreign disinformation campaigns by foreign actors, by foreign intelligence services. And those companies then make decisions about what, if anything, they want to do about it. Wow. How about that, huh? How about that for a bureaucrat? Puts the rat in bureaucrat. We don't tell them what to do. We just muddy the water and say, oh, wow, there's all this Russia disinformation and these accounts, oh, they could be Russia disinformation. Huh? We don't tell them what to do. We just <laughs> we just leave instructions in an email and they can figure it out for themselves. We uh, This is a dangerous guy. And the Bureau has become, I'm sorry, dangerous. Next time an FBI agent wants to talk to me, I'll say, hello, thank you very much. Uh, may I see your identification? I'll write it down. Maybe I'll take a picture of it. And then I'll tell them to beat it. <laughs> I'm sorry. They have lost all credibility. I apologize to the few agents out there who are doing the right thing. But that agency has got to go. It's got to be dismantled by Congress. they got to start from scratch. They, they are... They, They've lost our trust, clearly, right? And what they did, that farce they pulled, helping to, they tried to sabotage. It was more than a sabotage. It was a coup. It was a damn coup against Trump. Absolutely. They didn't like him. They didn't want him in there. They all wanted Hillary. And they lied, cheated, and stole to get him out. But Trump actually beat him. (laughs) And he's still beating him. Isn't that kind of amazing, Vito in Staten Island? Hello? How, how are you, Greg? How's everything? Good. Um, uh, uh, commenting on uh, on what you said about telling the FBI to beat it, if you're the subject of an investigation and uh, if the police are interviewing you, even if they have not, maybe they may not have enough to, to arrest you on, you can tell the police, the police, I'm not talking to you. And it ends there. Well, listen, listen, I happen to trust the cops, all right? I have a much better, I mean, I do. I just, I mean, I, I want to help the cops. Hey, look, if you're the target of an investigation, you know, you got rights in the Constitution and you got a lawyer up and all that stuff. Um, and and that's fine. You're within your rights. Hey, Vito, I'd love to talk more, but the phone is very, very scratchy. Uh, I hope it doesn't. Uh, Sandra, let's see what Sandra's connection is like. Hi, Sandra. I hope it's not scratchy. It's good. It's good. Um, it's good. <laughs> So I loved your show last night. I especially enjoyed um, the bells going off each time Biden made a lie. That was so funny. I was laughing with that. And then Larry Trump, that was so wonderful. I actually wrote down the rightview.com, and I hope I signed up because I would like to be a poll watcher. I hope I could be one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great. She's an amazing person. Well, thanks for watching. Always, every night. I told you that. But um, I was on the Pel- uh, not the Peloton. I was on the treadmill this morning, and they have this thing where you could read the news. And I was reading about this horrific train crash that happened on the eve of my birthday last night, and it was like a freight train colliding into a passenger train. Thirty-six young people were killed. The the crews. Were Is this in Greece? In Greece? In Greece? Y- yes. Yeah. Yes. Now. Now, what I want to say is I want you to know that from what I read, the Minister of Transportation, he resigned because he was brokenhearted, and the uh, station master got arrested for negligence and, uh, you know, look, a lot of people died. He's saying it wasn't his fault. He's saying it was something faulty, but it 
maybe was his fault because he didn't do the switch right for the train because it was a collision. It was like a head-on collision, and it was awful. So then I thought about that movie that I happened to have seen yesterday, White Noise, All right. Adam Driver. Okay, and? Well, it was, I thought, a little weird. I mean, they show you... All right, I don't know anything about that movie. I'm sorry. Wait a second. So look... Um, uh, it's terrible what happened. They fired a bunch of people and arrested a, bu- a lot of people right away. You think that's too fast? It sounds pretty fast. It sounds a little bit, uh, you know, round up the usual suspects. I don't know. No, they only arrested one person. The minister of transportation resigned because he was so brokenhearted about what happened. But what I'm saying is, Buttigieg, you even said earlier on your show that all the aviation things are going wrong. So many things are going wrong. And I don't think this young man, who reminds me of Alvin and the Chipmunk, is uh, is taking his job seriously because this is a real. I'm learning how serious this job is because look at all the people that could die if there's a mistake. That's you know, all. Yeah, I'm no, he uh, he miscalculated badly. He really did. He should not have taken this job, a job that the public actually believes has a lot of responsibility and a lot of authority. It doesn't really. It's a political patronage job. But uh, he is, uh, well, I'll tell you this, he'll never be president. He's out of contention at the age of, I think he's only 39. Hey, Sandra, thank you. I'll be right back. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. If you want to work in Hollywood these days or almost anywhere, you got to start talking like this. (laughs) Remember this? This is a bunch of Hollywood celebrities trying to take responsibility for, uh, well, for racism, for, for racial strife in America. They all happen to be white, by the way. Uh, Listen to this uh, over the top. Cut 28, please. Cut 28. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. I take responsibility for every unchecked moment, for every time it was easier to ignore than to call it out for what it was. Every not-so-funny joke. Every unfair stereotype. Every blatant injustice, no matter how big or small. Every time I remained silent. Every time I explained away police brutality. Or turned a blind eye. I take responsibility. Black people are being slaughtered in the streets, killed in their own homes. These are our brothers and sisters, our friends, our family. All right. Um... They're not being slaughtered in the streets, all right? They're saying that cops are doing this. Um, And they go on and on and on about the numbers, and this is happening to black people, right, at the hands of police. And you hear the -the over-the-top apologizing. Apologizing for what? Speak for yourself. Don't. Don't. (laughs) Don't flatter yourselves. You're just a bunch of actors. One guy in there, the first one, he's uh, Aaron Paul, I think his name is, from... Uh, Breaking Bad. He's the one who's the most over the top with his apology for being white. Um, 
Anyway, the numbers have always been exaggerated. And you know the whole, uh, you know, Breonna Taylor, say her name, right? Say her name. Say her name! Why do they always do that? Why do they say, say her name, say say the name? Why is that? Because they have to personify it to make it seem bigger than it actually is. Because the numbers of people who are killed by cops who are unarmed are minuscule. Close to zero. Zero. Uh, and oh, by the way, it happens to white people more than black people. Isn't that interesting? You can read all about it in my book, which is doing well. I appreciate your support. It's called Justice for All. How the left is wrong about law enforcement. I'm counting on you, though, to buy a copy. Thank you. Be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, man. They just let Merrick Garland have it good all over again. We got these all lined up. Oh, man, we got some great people down there in the United States Senate. Yes, we bitch and moan about politicians, but we have some we have some truly great men in the mix. And... um they all have their flaws. I actually do think that Ted Cruz is a great man. And uh, Josh Hawley as well. John Kennedy. Listen to the John Kennedy, not the JFK, but uh, the good one from Louisiana. All right, give me one of these, please, just from a few moments ago. Here's what I'm, I've always been confused about. Didn't you understand the chilling effect that it would have to parents? When you issued uh, your directive, when you directed your criminal divisions and your counterterrorism divisions to uh, to investigate parents who were angry at school boards and administrators during COVID. So, Senator, if you just give me a moment to put the full context, I did not do that. I did not issue any memorandum directing the investigation of parents who are concerned about their children. Quite to the contrary, the memorandum that you're talking about says at the very beginning of the memorandum that vigorous public debate is protected by the First Amendment. And the kind of concerns that you're talking about are, uh, as expressed by parents are, of course, completely protected. The memorandum was aimed at violence and threats of violence against a whole host of school personnel. It was not aimed at parents making complaints to their school board. So this is the perfect bureaucratic response. 
Because guess what? Threats of violence, violence, that's already against the law. Can we have local police to do that? This letter that was sent, first of all, they got a heads up from the National Federation of Principals, Teachers Principals. Uh, They say we are being subjected to terroristic threats. And that gets immediately forwarded to the Department of Justice. They say do something about this. And then Merrick Garland, wimp that he is, calls in all the U.S. attorneys and field offices and say, we've got to start focusing on these terrorists at the school board meetings. Now, he says it's not that way, didn't he? But this is what, this is bureaucracy for you, all right? There's some great quotes about bureaucracy. And don't forget, bureaucrat, rat, the rat in bureaucrat. The perfect bureaucrat is the man who manages to make no decisions and escape all responsibility. All right, that's from Brooks Atkins, wrote that in 1950. Let's see, here's, bureaucracy destroys initiative. There is little that bureaucrats hate more than innovation, especially innovation that produces better results than the old routines. Improvements always make those at the top of the heap look inept. Who enjoys appearing inept? That's somebody by the name of Frank Herbert in a book called Heretics of Dune. The bureaucracy, these basic, these little bureaucrat political games to deflect attention and responsibility. All right. I think we had Josh Hawley take these guys on as well. Josh Hawley or or, or give me the other one, whatever. Let me hear one more from uh, this morning. That you have directed your prosecutors when they are dealing with crack cocaine to charge it as if it was powder cocaine something this Congress has repeatedly refused to do, which we refused to do as recently as December when Senator Booker tried it on the floor and I blocked it. How do you explain overriding Congress's decision on this distinction between crack and powder cocaine to suit your own policy preferences? Uh, the long-standing rule um, is that the uh, Department of Justice uses its discretion in which charges to bring, um, regardless of which ones are available, which ones are to, to bring, Every bit of evidence we have is that there's no difference between powder and crack. Uh, Governor Hutchinson testified. Those are legislative legislative decisions. Those are not prosecutorial decisions. If this Congress wants to do it, maybe it will one day. Maybe I'll be outvoted. But those are legislative decisions. Those are not prosecutorial decisions. You said at your confirmation hearing that you had to follow the law as it was written, that the executive branch could not rewrite the law. What you were doing is rewriting the law. It's not a single prosecutor out on the front lines making one decision. You're directing every federal prosecutor to override the law that has been written by Congress. We're using our discretion as to which charges to bring in which circumstances, which ones are appropriate. That's what we're doing. That's a long-standing history of prosecutorial discretion in the United States. Yep, keep talking, you bureaucrat. Oh, good for Tom Cotton. That was Tom Cotton. I don't know. Understand why these things, these sound bites, they sound like they were taken uh, through a telephone string. But um, uh, still, these guys are terrific. I admire them, and uh, uh, they're they're representing the people. They're representing us, and they're representing, quite frankly, you know, what do they say? The new thing is uh, crazy. Versus normal, okay? Team normal versus crazy. They are crazy. Uh, It's crazy to send a fleet of FBI SWAT agents to arrest a man accused of pushing somebody on a sidewalk. I mean, a push, just a push on a sidewalk. Somebody got pushed. You know what they may do to all the Black Lives Matter activists who were arrested for the protesting in 2020 in New York? They're thinking about giving each and every one of them $20,000. Sorry for inconveniencing you. 
Yeah, 20,000. That's in the works right now. This guy gets into an argument, pushes a uh, pro-choice activist, pro-abortion activist, and the FBI, a SWAT team, shows up at his house. All right, so the FBI director, Chris Ray was asked about this on the Brett Baer show last night. May I see that, please? All right, so let's talk about by the book. Mark Houck, Pennsylvania pro-life activist, arrested at his home in front of his family for an alleged violation of the Freedom of Access of Clinics Act, alleged incident when she was protesting in front of an abortion clinic. He was recently acquitted of all charges at trial. The show of force for that arrest, that decision to use that force, was that by the book? Those decisions are made as they should be by the commanders on the ground in the field office who have the expertise about when to conduct operations safely and securely for the safety of everybody involved. And to my knowledge, those processes were all followed in this case. Yeah, I mean, historically, FBI protocol is that a defendant has, if it has no criminal history, is not believed to be violent or pose a threat to public safety, that he or she is permitted to self-surrender rather than subject um, dynamic execution of an arrest warrant. And here's what I'm talking about is the dual system. You know, there's that for a pro-life activist, but not that for a Black Lives Matter protester who maybe torches a federal building um, over the summer. So that disparity, that dichotomy, is what sticks in people's mind. I understand that people have their opinions. Uh, all I can tell you is that we have one standard, one standard, uh, which is irrespective of ideology, of politics. In this country, it doesn't matter what you're upset about or who you're upset with. You don't get to express that upset with violence. And so we are agnostic as the ideology. No, you're not. You're a god. And focus on. I'm sorry. He's a total and complete liar and fraud. That bureau and that man, what they have done to people associated with January 6th, People who didn't break anything and hurt or hurt anybody, and yet we're about to spend twenty thousand dollars per person arrested in New York City. All those Black Lives Matter protesters who stopped traffic, who hurt cops, that's okay. They have what's his name? Garland said we have discretion. Oh yeah, this is discretion. You're agnostic? Or do you have discretion? Give me a break. Wow. You know, one of the things that made my dad a great law enforcement administrator, police commissioner in New York City. He never hid behind uh, the bureaucracy, you know, that old saying that they love to repeat, but nobody ever seems to live by it. The buck stops with me. He knew everything that was going on in that department. He knew knew what was happening. And if he didn't know, he found out. So this guy says, well, it was up to the field commander. Really? Well, the field commander decided 20 SWAT members were needed. Have you disciplined him yet? Obviously, no, you're just going to wash your hands of it and just... The men and women of the FBI are the best people ever, right? You're going to do that routine? We don't fall for it anymore, all right? J. Edgar Hoover is long gone. We don't care about those TV shows anymore. Robert Stack, today's FBI, it was a bunch of propaganda every step of the way. And you don't have the the integrity to roll your sleeves up and find out what is at the core of that rotten bureau because you're part of it. You're part of it. It's just amazing. My eyes have been opened once again. How about you, huh? Uh, hmm, hmm, hmm. Hey, remember this when it comes to flying, uh, everybody wants a private jet. I mean, everybody wants a private jet. Just ask Gordon Gecko. Who remembers Wall Street with Gordon Gecko, right? Fantastic movie. 
Michael Douglas played Gordon Gecko. Bud Fox played Charlie Sheen. Uh, Charlie Sheen played Bud Fox. And remember, they're in the back of the limo. And Michael Douglas wants Charlie Sheen to, uh, you know, engage in some insider trading, follow people around, get information for him. He doesn't want to do that. And uh, this is how the conversation goes down. Cut 20, please. 24, 24, 24. Wake up, will you, pal? If you're not inside, you are outside, okay? And I'm not talking about some $400,000 a year working Wall Street stiff, flying first class and being comfortable. I'm talking about liquid. Rich enough to have your own jet. Rich enough to have your own jet. That's what they want. That's what they want. A jet. It's all about being on a private jet and if it's a, or a sleek government jet. And it's blue and white and says United States of America. You know what? You know who that turns on a lot? <laughs> Not only Pete Buttigieg, but Christopher Ray, who blew off a congressional oversight hearing so he could get on his jet to go to upstate New York to go on vacation. Yeah, he did that. He did that. That man... That man should be held in contempt of Congress. He lied to Congress. He implied that it was business that he was on. He was on his own. Took an FBI jet to go on vacation. Why the hell does he get a jet? What's so important about him? So he can get, he can come back and tell us these kinds of pearls of wisdom, these bureaucratic pearls of wisdom from Christopher Ray. All right. Uh, did my wife just come by? Hi. Yeah, she did. All right. Uh, is everything okay over there? Is everything all right? All right. Uh oh, the wife is here. I got to address something. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, Eric Adams. He's um, I don't want to call him clever because this is such a blunt, silly game he plays. But he likes to somehow throw uh, some some um, red meat to conservatives from time to time. So he gets the New York Post on their side. What's this about church and state? Cut 10, please. Mayor Adams. Haven't heard about him in a while, huh? Cut 10. Well, tell me about no separation of church and state. State is the body. Church is the heart. You take the heart out of the body, the body dies. I can't separate my belief because I'm an elected official. When I walk, I walk with God. When we took prayers out of schools. Guns came into schools. New York City is a place where the mayor of New York is a servant of God. Yeah, it's um, it's fashionable for the moment. He doesn't uh, he doesn't conduct himself that way, does he? I, as as to what religion he is, I'm not sure. I saw him in West Africa with a robe on and going through all kinds of ceremonies and potions and um, uh, uh, beads and all kinds of stuff. I don't know what he didn't he didn't mention that there. I don't know what, but it's the kind of thing he says from time to time to get the New York Post. Oh, that Eric Adams, and that'll make that'll make cable news. That Eric Adams, he really is saying he's speaking about his faith so boldly. Wow. Hmm. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by Mister New Jersey. Uh, he has absolutely no business being the mayor of this city. A man who basically was a cancer within the police department, called himself a cop, did everything he could to undermine the policing. He's Al Sharpton. He was the Al Sharpton of policing. And not not even that. Al Sharpton had a profile. Eric Adam, Eric was just a silly little guy. So, But yeah, he says stuff like that, and he gets uh, certain constituencies. He neutralizes them for a little while. Is it clever? I mean, it's not clever. People should be able to see right through it. But they refuse for some reason. 
they refuse. They give him a, a lot of leeway. Hey, Lara Trump, daughter-in-law of the president. She's amazing. And uh, let's see. Ron DeSantis is a factor, but not really. He's 30 points behind Trump. Then again, he hasn't declared yet. Here's Lara Trump on DeSantis. Cut eight. DeSantis was on with my good buddy Brian Kilmeade yesterday. And Brian pushed Ron on Trump. And he said, you know, have you reached right, out stop, to him? Stop, stop, message stop, for Trump? stop, and stop, I- stop. I didn't know it was Sid <laughs> and Brian Kilmeade. <laughs> Just, that's a little bit... Can we get to the part? All right, that's fine. We'll sit through the whole damn thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. DeSantis was on with my good buddy, Brian Kilmeade, yesterday. And Brian pushed Ron on Trump. And he said, you know, have you reached out to him? Do you have a message for Trump? And I have to tell you, Lara, for the most part, Ron DeSantis said some really nice things about your father-in-law. He said, oh, here we go. there's a couple of things that have been said lately that I could do without. But I have to tell you, the guy was a great president, great policies. So he took the high road Does and Lara said get some to very talk? nice things. How do you think your father-in-law will react to that when that comes out today? I think that's very nice. And by the way, rightly so. Don't forget that Ron DeSantis probably would not be the governor of Florida right now were it not for Donald Trump. Because if you think back to 2018, he really wasn't polling very well. Remember, Andrew Gillum was a Democrat. Could you imagine if he would have become governor of the state of Florida? Oh, my God. I certainly wouldn't be here. Uh, It would have been a completely different scenario, as we all know. But, um, But don't forget, he really did give Ron DeSantis the boost he needed. He helped him in so many ways. Heck, our entire family went out and campaigned for Ron DeSantis. And I agree. I think he's done a great job with the state of Florida. Um, How will my father-in-law react? Oh, my gosh. That's the million-dollar question. Sid, if I knew how he was going to react to things, I would have a lot of bets on this sort of thing right now. Um, But you know what? I think he'll he'll appreciate that. And I think that's exactly what should have been said. And um, I'm happy to hear it. All right, thank you. I, I didn't mean to bust on Sid. I just was expecting to hear Lara Trump. And then for a moment there, I thought it was Sid talking about an interview that Lara did with Brian Kilmeade. And then I'm like, oh, gosh, uh, this is uh, – but, um, no, good good comment there. And it's right. There would be no Governor DeSantis without uh, without Donald Trump. Uh, and not only that, Governor DeSantis, those commercials are going to hurt him. Hey, it's one thing to adopt Donald Trump's policies, even like his style of speaking, you know, that directness, all that stuff. But – you got to look at this commercial that he made with his kids wearing MAGA hats. And he says, and the kids are building a wall in their playpen with bricks like Donald Trump would. It's just, it's over the top. It doesn't really, and that's superficial stuff, I know. But why didn't they let the Trump supporters into the Ron DeSantis, excuse me, book event? That's very strange. Hey, Max, what's up? Max. Well, never mind then. Mike, how are you? Greg, how are you? Good. Did you listen to this, Ray, last night when he said he's bragging about the FBI standards, right? And then he turns around and says, they, Brett Bear asked him a question about the, his prior agents that said that Hunter's laptop was misinformation. Yeah. But he doesn't go back and say, that, well, what about your standards? Hey, stick around. Yeah. And Bear was uh, the, the follow ups were polite at best. Be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So football players at the service academies, Navy Academy, Naval Academy, I should say, West Point, U.S. Military Academy, uh, what other academies do we have? The Air Force Academy, the uh, Merchant Marine Academy, the 
West Point and the Naval Academy, those are the big ones when it comes to football, really. And every now and then, uh, somebody emerges, one of these uh, cadets. They're technically in the military as a really great football player or a basketball uh, player. And then it's like, uh, well, the NFL or the NBA is interested in these players. And then there's this whole debate. Well, what about the military? And it really wasn't much of a debate until a couple of years ago. Uh, you had to go into the military. You know, you, you you kind of said you would do that when you were 17. You raise your right hand. It's a free education. It's one of the few things that Trump did that I, quite frankly, didn't like. He has arranged it that you can go into the uh, NBA or you can play professional sports right after you graduate the academy instead of going into the military. And uh, I don't think that should be the case. I think it's right into the military. You want to go to the service academy? Great. This is what it entails. A commitment. You commit. We're not a we're not really into commitments anymore as a country, are we? Commit the word even sounds far. Commit how about committing to paying off your student debt? You don't even have to commit to that anymore before Joe Biden will come in and forgive everything, even though he does not have the power to forgive. He really does think he wants it. He wants it bad. And then Rashid Talib and the rest, thank God. For the founding fathers, quite frankly, they set up a system to put a check on a loser like Joe Biden. All right, Mike, I'm sorry. I cut you off before. What was the deal? Well, Greg, like even with the classified documents, um, he kind of assinuated um, this guy, Christopher Ray. He said, well, we, we, we did that based upon you know, people that cooperated with us and people that did not. So he was saying that Trump didn't cooperate, but Biden did, which is a bunch of BS, too. And if I was Brett Baer, I would have came back at him and said, well, you wouldn't even let Trump's lawyers in the room when you were looking for documents, but you let Biden's lawyers handle it and you didn't handle it. I mean, this is common sense questions. Brett Baer is soft. I thought he was pretty soft, too. I mean, some of it was refreshing, like, wow, 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 we're finally getting these questions answered. But I've been in those situations. It's a tough thing to do. Look, I'm no big Brett Bear fan, all right? I'm not. Uh, decent guy. Uh, but, yeah, he could have. What happens is you start to think about, well, I'm going to have to leave this building. <laughs> like, this is awkward. It's face-to-face. And Brett, I do believe more than anything, wants the approval of the swamp, okay? So he plays footsie with MAGA, but he really he really is in it uh, with the swamp. Then again, have, having said that, I, I, I thought the interview was pretty good, not great, B minus, C plus. The follow-ups were there, but they were weak. He, he had one follow-up. But that's it. He didn't he didn't come back. You got to come back and stick with one topic. They're just kind of cascading. And all this stuff usually is agreed to ahead of time. You know what I mean? So, uh, hey, Mike, let me play this for you. Go. It's the opening moment of the interview. All right. And Brett points out, look, nobody seems to like the FBI. According to public opinion polls, Americans don't approve of the job you're doing. It's right at the top of the interview. And his answer is uh, is is very revealing. Go ahead. Polls show that the FBI's reputation is at a real record low. What do you make of that? Well, look, there are all sorts of opinions out there about the FBI, just like there are about every major institution these days. I can tell you that we're focused on the opinions of the people we actually do the work for and the people we do the work with. And I look at things like, for example, our recruiting. 
the thousands and thousands of Americans all across this country who are signing up in droves to come work for the FBI. Uh, and we're, I should tell you, Brett, on that front, a lot of people don't know this, that number has gone up dramatically. Yeah, stop, over stop, the stop. Number one, <laughs> that's probably not a good thing because the people who are joining are power-hungry, mad people. And the other thing, he doesn't care. He, he, the American people don't like the FBI, but the people he works for, works for, like the FBI. Does he, who does he work for? Democrats? Joe Biden? I thought he worked for the American people, just like Joe Biden. He said, uh, he said he's been in this business. Remember when he got caught lying? He said, I've been in this business for 15 years. He called politics a business. I thought it was supposed to be public service. Anyway, Mike, uh, how you been otherwise? Not too bad, Greg, hanging in. But, you know, like Christopher Ray being braggadocious about the FBI on one breath. And then how many were involved with the so-called Hunter Biden laptop, uh, Russian uh, whatever, they all lied and they knew they lied. He says nothing about it. And Brett Baer, like you said, he never comes back at him. He lets him do his little spiff, his little thing there, and then he never comes back at him hard. We need somebody that's going to come back at him hard, put him in his place, make him eat his words, and that's the end of it. Well, you know, blind man- yeah, no, look, you're not going to get that from a, from, a, from a reporter slash anchor man who's really... I mean, they're, I'm telling you right now, they're more concerned about their career. They're more concerned about uh, what their uh, fake news friends think of them than you, Mike, in Wayne, New Jersey, than me. They're not thinking about they're not thinking about us. The people who are, though, not always, but sometimes the people in Congress like this is Senator Hawley. And man, oh, man, he let uh, he let Garland have it today. You got this thing all ready to go. The one I just said, this is. Senator Hawley is a Republican of Missouri, very, very bright guy. He's got a lot of integrity, and uh, he's not afraid. Go ahead. You are the Attorney General of the United States. You are in charge of the Justice Department. And yes, sir, you are responsible. So give me an answer. The FBI does not agree with your description. I'm not asking about the FBI. You are the Attorney General. Give me your answer. And you are the Attorney General. Wait. Clip, clip, clip. It goes on for another minute or so. Okie dokie. But that's good stuff. That's force. That's where we get, that's where we're going to get this stuff fixed. Not from Brett Baer, not from uh, who the hell else has those shows, Ari Melber. You know what I mean, Mike? Yeah, I know. Me too. All right. Thank you. Let's go to, oh, Tony in Clifton, New Jersey wants to say something about something. What? I know. I wanted to tell you how are you, by the way. Uh, Caitlin Collins, when you were talking about her showing her with Don Lemon yeah. on their date, so, you know, I, I don't know if you said it, but she has a history being a White House correspondent, came up pretty quickly and went down the tubes pretty quickly because, again, she's just like the rest of them. What do you mean she so went down I, the tubes very quickly? They, they She's the uh, she's the fake news favorite. She is a uh, favorite, but she's she's not in the White House. She's not a White House correspondent. She's no, 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 no. She's doing just fine. I mean, like, the, the, they all want these anchor gigs. She, I think they gave her – covering the White House, you, you, it's like a check in the block. It's like a check in the box. You don't want to be – you don't want to stay at the White House forever. She's doing her – believe me, she's still the it girl there. Oh, and now she's been offended by Don Lemon, so she's even more prestigious, right? Because she can weaponize that. So I, as much as I'd like to uh, report that – well, I don't want anybody's career to stall or anything like that. I'm not I don't wish that. I just know that there's more to that morning show failing than Don Lemon. 
And it's Caitlin Collins's fault. Tony, I thank you. Let's do the one more. Now Max is ready from Manhattan. Yeah, Max. Great. Thank you for taking my call. Um, listen, you had, um, let's not forget the Schumer that came out and, they, and he said there are six ways to Sunday for the intelligence community to get back at you. That's parenthetically saying that, look, look who runs the show, the intelligence community. Trump doesn't run the show. I don't run the show. That's what he's saying. So when you're putting this guy Ray on the, and you're questioning, you know, what, with his, uh, what his intents are, Schumer gave it to us a couple of years ago. No, you're. You're so right. And that clip, I should play it every night. I should lead the show with it. Chuck Schumer in January of 2017. I think it was January 6th, actually, two weeks before Trump becomes president. And he says, if you mess with the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So for a pretty smart businessman, he's acting very foolish. Why would they have to get back at what What? what would their motivation be? Why, aren't they just supposed to rep- produce the intelligence? Oh, if you criticize them, what are they going to do? Sabotage a duly elected president? That's what they did. That's what they did. Yeah. Now, that was an amazing moment of truth. An amazing moment of truth. Anyway, you good otherwise? That's a good idea to put it at the beginning of your show and maybe at the end of your show every day. Well, I don't know. All right. Uh, we'll see. Thank you, man. Thank you. Hey, one other thing about the private jets. We played the Wall Street clip Here's Kamala Harris back when she was a candidate for the vice presidency. This is what they're all in it for. You, you'll hear it in a moment. There's like gangster rap music on in the background. And what you see is Kamala Harris getting on and off private jets and she's wearing sneakers. And this is a campaign video. Somebody seems to think it's cool that she's getting on and off private planes. And there's a big, big group out there. Well, The elites, the elites love it. The elites, this is what they live for. Private jet. 25, please. Got 25. What I do, what is drip and what does he do? Anyway, and she gets on and off the planes, right? The rap music in the background, getting on and off jets. That's why they're in it. So when Pete Buttigieg goes around, says, uh, oh, I don't, uh, I'd much prefer to fly coach. He's lying. Cut 22. Yeah, here's how we uh, handle my travel. The vast majority of the time I travel on commercial airlines in economy class. Uh, But there is a portion of the time, I'd say about 10 to 20 percent, when we use our agency's aircraft. This is not chartering a private jet. This is a a government aircraft that uh, is assigned to the FAA. Oh, Okay, just a government jet. Oh, just a, makes it sound like it's a, a dilapidated C-130. Have you ever seen these? They're the coolest jets in the world. They are blue and white. It says United States of America on the side. It's like Air, it's like a mini Air Force One. They've got 737s. They've got 757s. They've got Gulfstreams. They've got the coolest planes, and they love flying on them. Last night I showed uh, when Obama won in 2008, his entire team, all of his aides, David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, the press secretary, they were like little kids when they got the government plane. They were so excited. The New York Times wrote it up. Everybody was excited to be on the government plane. It was so nice inside, and it was so cool on the outside. A government plane. Uh, but he really would prefer to fly coach. Uh, cut 23. The number one reason we would use that agency aircraft is uh, that it actually works out to be less expensive for taxpayers than uh, uh, than the commercial airline tickets would be. 
Yeah, sure, sure, that's it. That's the only motivation. No, just like Gordon Gecko told Bud Fox, being on a private jet, that's what it's all about. Cut 24. Wake up, will you, pal? If you're not inside, you are outside, okay? And I'm not talking about some $400,000 a year working Wall Street stiff, flying first class and being comfortable. I'm talking about liquid. Rich enough to have your own jet. <laughs> Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Gordon Gecko. That is a great movie. It still holds up. It's uh, just so well done. And then I saw the sequel. What is it called? Money Never Sleeps? It stinks. Movies in the 80s and the 70s were actual, like they took cameras and they went out into the world and then they pressed the record button and people acted in front of the camera. And in the end, it was a pretty damn good movie. And they'd use scissors and glue and tape to edit it. Now everything's a cartoon. Everything is a computer imagery, uh, you know, Apple, uh, just this, and it looks fake. I don't care how realistic the stuff is. It looks fake. You can tell. That's like Star Wars. The best Star Wars movie ever made was Star Wars 1, the one that came out in 1977. You know why? Because they were all models. They were all actual metal and plastic models uh, that they built and then they filmed. Now it's just basically high-end cartoons. Uh, I miss I miss uh, good movies. Hey, here's one other thing I wanted to say. Uh, the generals, 90% of them, the United States generals and admirals are out and out liars. They lie so much they actually don't even think they're lying. And this is a very interesting moment uh, because Jake Sullivan inadvertently ratted on all of them. Cut 19, please. Cut 19. I'm glad you asked this question because uh, I think this has been the subject of some confusion. The president originally decided against sending U.S. tanks. They're called uh Abrams tanks. Uh, Abrams tanks. M1A1 Abrams tanks. He originally decided against sending them because his military told them that they would not be useful on the battlefield in this fight. What would be useful would be German tanks, a tank called the Leopard. So if any general actually said that out loud, they were either lying or they were saying exactly what they knew the administration wanted to hear. The, the, the administration may have told them ahead of time, when you go in there, you better say that uh, the M1 tank doesn't work. It's got to be this European tank, the Leopard tank. Are you crazy? The M1 tank is custom built to fight a war in Europe, a land war in Europe. That's what its mission was. And you put it up against the... Relic, the somewhat dinky but effective leopard tank. I did it last night. <laughs> Just the 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 M1 has greater range, has greater um, firing power, is faster. It's just a better all round tank. The armor is better, more secure for the people inside. What do they say again? The generals actually said, "This is the National Security Advisor saying the generals said the generals actually said." That the leopard tank is the one you want. It's amazing. Our military culture is just as screwed up as the FBI sometimes, I think. It's a bit better. It's a bit better. But you know what? Let's face it. We're on a losing streak, man. What the hell are we doing telling Ukraine how to fight its war? Uh, We can't seem to win our own wars. Hello, Afghanistan. Hello, Iraq. Hello, Vietnam, for that matter. We continue to blow it. We really do, huh?
And now we're going to somehow Ukraine's going to come out okay. No, it's not. But a lot of people are going to be rich. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's uh, March 1st, March 1st, 1 March 2023. I love it. I love the first of the month. Just every day. It's a, it's a, it's a chance to start anew, try new things, new habits. I don't know. There's something about it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I am uh, on a quest once again, but this time I'm making uh, real strides. I want to be able to, uh, you know, be one of those beefcake guys at the beach by 4th of July. And uh, I'm doing everything that you need to do. I'm eating right. I am uh, exercising like crazy. Well, not like crazy, but I am exercising consistently, more consistently than I have in a very, very, very long time. And uh, the results are, are uh, well, not really showing yet, but I, I, I assume they will. Uh, life is good. Um, I've been keeping out of trouble. I've been reading that Bible and, uh, yep, once again, the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's where it's at. It's all, all the truth is in there, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, you know, I rip on these people a lot. And I'll just reiterate for the record um, that I don't like everybody, but I love everybody. Even, even, even Christopher Ray at the FBI, even Joe Biden. I love these people. Um, I don't like them. <laughs> But uh, yeah, everybody has a purpose, and uh, and God can do anything. All right. I do have to wrap it up and go across the street in a moment. Uh, with that, let's do two quick calls. Billy is in. Uh, hi, Billy. What's up? Hey, uh, I heard you talking about the Leopard before, and it's actually a very good tank. Probably is equal to the M1. No, it's not, aspect. Billy. No, it's not, Billy. How's that, Greg? Well, the, what's the range of the Leopard? The Leopard's got a diesel engine in it. Goes what's the range the of, what's the range, what's the range, the actual firing range of the Leopard? It's the same gun. No, it's not. You can't call the radio station and say this false stuff. You can get in trouble for that, Billy. Wait, I'm only you kidding. Tell me the Leopard. The Leopard, the Leopard, the Leopard, hold on. The, just call it up on the internet right now. Look at the range. Look at how far these things can go. Look at how far these use. things can go. And by the way, what he said was, Jake Sullivan said that the generals said, by the way, I'll I'll concede. I call that a dinky tank. I was just trying to make fun of it a little bit. It's a perfect. It's a fine tank. It's fine. But did you hear what Jake Sullivan said? That the generals came in and said the leopard would be better. They said the leopard would be better, and that's the kind. That's dishonest, man. The M1 was made for a land war in Europe. More like European parts in like Ukraine or Europe to be uh you know to service it better. No. I think that the generals, uh, the, what 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 he said out loud was that they said it would be more battle effective. It wasn't about the parts. They were lying to him. Or they just said, we don't want to give him our tanks. Make sure you tell the president that the leopard is better. Therefore, we have the military to point to as cover. Does that make sense, that Billy? Sense, but that, that, that makes sense. sense so it's a fine tank. It's a fine tank. But if you look it up, if you look it up, uh, let's see. I think the effective range of the M1 gun is like uh, 3,000 meters versus 2,000 meters for the uh, for the Leopard. And the range, I think it goes on one tank of gas. I'm trying to remember this from last night. It goes about 100 miles more, the M1. Look, the Leopard is a fine tank. Hey, speaking of which, how much? why do you know so much about the, the Leopard tank? Because I watched the History Channel. That's why. <laughs> okay, well, listen. I, uh, I rode a tank all the way into Baghdad, all right? The M1 is better than the Leopard. 
totally and completely. But the Leopard is not a bad tank. I'll be back tomorrow. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.